the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Welcome back for episode 162 of the Working Fans Podcast. As always, we are brought to you by the Pro Wrestling Vault Volume 1 and Lance by Chance, written by Vinny Barry, available at WrestleVille.com. We are also brought to you by Super Vows and Pas de Deux, written by a friend of the show, Kevin Kelton as well as I'll Be Here All Week and All That's Left, written by Ward Anderson. We are brought to you by the great people over at Connecticut People Records, our wrestling commentary home of New Heights Wrestling. And today, we have a special guest for you. He is one of the hosts of the POS podcast, the author of How Not to Suck at Comedy. He is a father, son, and holy shit, is this guy funny. You have seen him at clubs and colleges across New England. Let me introduce you to the great Pat Oates. Pat, how are you doing today? I, I like what you did with the father, son, and holy shit. Wow, look at the wordplay on that one. That was amazing. The only thing that Joe left out is he's also from Parts Unknown. That would have been a nice introduction, yes. that wrestling. Weight, yes. weight is known, though. Wait, I do I do know my weight. <laughs> now, Pat, it's been a little while since we've talked to you. What do you think of this whole Vince McMahon leaving WWE, and what do you keep up with currently for wrestling? Wait, what happened with Vince? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's awesome. I'm happy he's gone. I, I think Triple H has made it a point at watching television. I think it's gonna it's almost becoming Vince Russo. He's got to pull back on a little of the surprises every week, but I do like that everyone's getting a story, and when you watch throughout it, it's a reason to not turn it off. I've always been a believer. I'm not, I'm not really an AEW guy. I watch everything, but I always like sing in my fighting and not just flips. So, but I do enjoy a lot of stuff that AEW does now as well. They're trying to do both, but I'll always be WWE true and blue, even if Vince is paying women to 
blow other people. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely made a turnaround since Triple H has taken over. And I've noticed that, that it's been more enjoyable to watch and not like, not such a headache. Like today I read that Seth Rollins is once again being billed as Seth Rollins and not Seth freaking Rollins. And it's amazing because usually that's something you'd think you'd have to tell like a 14 year old we can't do that anymore. And in this case, it's like a 79-year-old. Austin Theory is Austin Theory. Matt Riddle is Matt Riddle. Unfortunately, Butch is still going to be Butch, I think. But it's, we'll, take our, we'll take our steps. You know what I mean? It's like, if, he, if he's the Butcher, wait, I'll take that if you turn his name in. But let him be those characters. Let these guys be the th They know what are doing as wrestlers. Let them be the wrestler. Just write the story in sense. And that's what seems, Triple H seems to be trying to do. I think Pete Dunn is actually sitting by the phone somewhere every day waiting to get that phone call to, that is going back to Pete Dunn. <laughs> I think if you're if you're English, if English, you keep the dumb name Vince gave you. You know, any of the UK gets the dumb name. They don't get to change it. All the Americans they get their names back. This week we are doing a five-three-one on John Moxley dream matches. And Pat, do you want to give us your list to kick things off? Yeah, my list was. Um, I was thinking. I tried not to go Dean Ambrose. I'm trying to go John Moxley, which is two different people. And I almost put Dean Ambrose on my list because I thought it'd be fun to watch in a dream match the version of John Moxley fight the version of Dean Ambrose because they are similar but so different. You know what I mean? So I would have like liked that. I but I went Sabu as my first one because I just think that's the most I've ever see anywhere. And then going with that thought, free funk and make that's the I don't want to see a wrestling style match mostly honestly. I want to see outside the ring fight all that stuff. But also I think he could fight that's why my other two were Bret Hart, because I think anyone Hart is a great match. And I just every every dream match should have Bret Hart in it. Phone cold because of the attitude with the That's a great list. I'd argue that John Moxley is fighting Dean Ambrose in his head daily and maybe that's what he had to go away for a little while ago. Now AJ, do you want to kick us off with one of your lists? Absolutely. I've got Brandon Stevenson from the Mothership Facebook group. He's got Terry Funk. And in case you guys are wondering, I am keeping a tally of names that come up a lot so that when we get to the end of the 531, we do have that number for you. Terry Funk, I have a feeling, is going to show up on a lot of these lists. Rowdy Piper. Talk about that brawling style. Ooh. Randy Savage, who is good at mixing it up, both technical and brawling. We have Mick Foley, who I think is going to show up a lot as Mick and as Cactus Jack. And then we've got one that's going to eventually make my list, Bruiser Brody. Ooh, that is oh, a we good can, list. When you, when, you talk dream, when you talk dream match, do you guys also think about the build-up to it in the promos? Because yeah. Roddy Piper or John Moxley would be insane. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how you follow. what You need, you need closed caption and translator half of it, but it'd be mm. great. Yeah, you just need Renee Paquette there to actually uh, tell us what he's saying, and we'll be fine. That's now, it. speaking to that vein, I'm trying to think of another promo build-up that, that could compare to that, because I think that is maybe the ultimate promo match combination that you could get. I, I mean, Cactus Jack would have been a hell of a promo also. Cactus Jack or Mankind, the way he got intense, those two would have had great on-the-mic skills also setting up the match. Yeah, I'm actually well, looking at a list from Albert Bettis from the Mothership Facebook group. He's got Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen, Vader, Ultimate Warrior, and maybe the only other person that I think could hang in a promo buildup, New Jack. I think it's great that he mentioned the Ultimate Warrior since that would have been a horrible match and horrible promos. That is a great one to add to the list because that would have been total shit fest. Uh, yeah, that would make the Brock Lesnar Ambrose match look good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that would, that's how bad that would be. But the New Jack, I thought of him too, but I was just kind of like, I don't, I think they wouldn't get along. They'd be 
think <laughs> chemistry in real life, I don't think it would go well. In the I have Raymond Asher also from the Mothership Facebook group. He's got Billy Robinson. He went a different direction here. One of the great technical wrestlers of all time. But then he comes back with Haku, who's one of the baddest mm. people to ever walk the planet. And speaking of baddest people who ever walked the planet, Danny Hodge, who was also a technical wrestler. Mad Dog Vashon, who was a complete lunatic. And then Luthez. So he's got three great technical wrestlers. And then just some of the baddest people ever to walk the planet. I mean, the Haku one would be here. I, I like the idea of it, but it would be a shit match. Yeah. Well, my opinion of Haku, and this is just my opinion, it's not always a popular one, is as bad as he was in the bars, and I hear about these great fights in the bars, his matches have never held me the same way it would have to have seen him rip a guy's nose off in a bar. I would have probably been far more entertained than that by than any match I've ever seen of Haku's. AJ, you know, with comment, someone says, oh, they're real funny offstage. Like, oh, okay, like, that's great that you have to keep telling me that they could be good somewhere else. I'll have Haku fight someone in a bar, and I'll watch that. Him and Tank Abbott can fight bar fights. I don't want to watch it in a ring. Well, you know how it is. We get off the stage half the time and people are like oh yeah my uncle Saul should do comedy he's hilarious I was like well has your uncle Saul ever been on stage <laughs> it's a totally I mean, different atmosphere I didn't know I need an opener can uncle Saul do 25 <laughs> I'd watch uncle Saul versus Haku before I watched Don Moxley versus Haku now the theme of some of these lists and you saw it from Raymond Asher is they put Moxley in these matches because like they'd want him to legitimately get hurt I think that was the reason for Haku Danny Hodge and Luthez. I included one of these lists to get kind of a taste of it because other people were less nice about it. I didn't write those down, but Judas Effect 12865 on Reddit had Brian Pillman, Christian, Mr. Kennedy, Abyss, and Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. I think a lot of people would like to see this version of Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, versus this version of Roman Reigns who was nowhere near this character when Moxley was in WWE. I like the thought. I mean, it's intriguing to see where they would go and talk about promos. The promos would be different than when he was in the WWE. But to be honest with you, on that list, I'm far more interested in how his match with Abyss would go. I think that they would just tear the place apart. Yeah, but I always want to see him fight Christopher Parks, but I want to see him fight Abyss because of the, you know what I mean? Like, because like, better is that? To be honest with you, Abyss was just poor man's mankind. But like, but like, yeah, the style would be great. But yeah, Roman Reigns right now is not going to have a bad match as long as he's allowed dictate how it goes with anybody so of course the two of them would be great. every other match you named is just how much can moxley blade bleed with those other people i would like him to see i would let me nice to see him not bleed fight i think the big thing that you're going to see in a lot of these lists also when you see the legitimate wrestlers and stuff of that nature is i think people have a tendency to doubt how tough john moxley actually is and how much of it is actually the stage so you're going to see a lot of the legitimate names in there just because people want to see him get his ass legitimately kicked that's insane, though. They did not remember the Omega shit when AEW first started. Like, the shit he put himself through. Moxley is a fucking bad. I would fuck with him. Absolutely. Listen, he fought for that long with all his demons. We make jokes or whatever. And still put on killer man. Nobody even understood he was going through shit. And he was taking it out in the ring. He, I would not want to fight John Moxley in real life. Not only that, but he's also done the blood sport matches where he's gone in and actually done the blood sport, which is a lot stiffer and a lot harder than doing just the regular professional wrestling that we watch. And he's done just fine. So I got no problem whatsoever with John Moxley's toughness. Anybody who's questioning that, get in the ring for two minutes and see how tough you are. He fights Game Changer for fun. Yeah. He doesn't need the money. That's tough. You're, like, if your spare job is I want to get massacred just for a hobby, you're tough. Now, speaking of stiff, I'm ready for your next list, AJ. What do you got? <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
if anything's going to get you stiff, it's definitely going to be this list. It's Ill Professional 379 from Reddit, and he's got Samoa Joe, Eddie Kingston Part 2, Wardlow, Adam Page, and Will Ospreay. I like the Samoa Joe one from that. I'm always game for seeing Eddie Kingston. I don't think he would match up well with Wardlow. I think that it would be a clumsy match. I don't think Wardlow's ready for that, quite frankly. Adam Page is always a good match, and Will Ospreay, to me, is a lot of flash. So I don't know how well they would match up also. How's Kingston a dream match? Yeah, it's already happened. So I, I have this problem every time we do dream matches. <laughs> Pat, I go off on this every single time. It's not a okay. dream match if it's already freaking happened. But yeah, people yeah. don't understand dream match. Yeah. <laughs> like, all those matches have basically happened. Except for yeah. It's one of the problems when you put things out to wrestling fans on the internet. We're not the most educated people at times. And sometimes when you hit, when you cast a wide net on Facebook, you're going to pull in a lot of bullshit. Like, AJ does it every week. And thank God I don't think these people listen. <laughs> we need- <laughs> no, I, I watch it almost every week with you guys, and it's fun to get the shout-outs I want to send a list in, but it is funny to watch AJ's frustration when he's reading a list. That is my favorite part of the show. So. <laughs> now, my brother like, what brings part of this do you not understand? I'm like, <laughs> I know, you put out dream matches, and people put out their favorite matches, and it's like... They'll put out a match that we literally saw last week. Like, dream match, him, I want to see... This. Him versus CM Punk would be cool. <laughs> Try that. <laughs> now, my brother's got a list. He's got Claudio, Hook, MJF, Ishii, and Will Ospreay. And I can't guarantee that all those matches didn't happen. <laughs> the only match that kind of intrigued me, I don't want to now, but in two years, him and Hook, hell yeah, I want to watch that. Give Hook more time, but the attitude, Moxley being mad and then Hook not, that promo might be better than the match, but Hook not giving a shit about Moxley giving a shit about himself would be like that really awesome stand. If they continue to build this Hook character, I would watch that. And then that also made me think I should have put on my list, but Taz should have been on there because Taz versus Moxley would have been awesome. Like, so how, like that, that, that one's great. How great would it be if Moxley's cutting the promo that he normally cuts and Hook's just standing in the corner, not even looking at him, looking out at the fans the way he normally does and just not paying any shit? Then he just walks out halfway through. Yeah. He literally just pops out. The Action Bronson comes on. Yeah, yeah. Don't even have them touch each other. Just build it that way and just have them literally just walk out on them. That would be amazing. Wouldn't mind seeing Moxley drop Danhausen on his neck, but who do you got next for a list, AJ? I've got Alex Lorenzo, and he's got Stone Cold. He's got Current Roman. Current Seth, Cactus Jack, Sabu, and then he pulled the Jake rule. Now, this is another thing I go off on. I don't believe in the Jake rule. It's a top it's I like five. The <laughs> I, I like it, though. Every, every week I like the Jake rule. I do appreciate that. It's hard to do five. Because we think of five, a six one does pop in. I like the Jake Everybody loves the Jake rule except for me. I, I get it. I do. <laughs> and Jake um, is your friend. That's the I know. He's my friend, too. Thing. And the best part is people actually quote it now. They literally call it. He wrote in the Jake rule. RVD, he said, would be sick also. So he'd love to see that RVD match. RVD is not one of those people who really blends with everybody. So to me, I'm not always a fan of seeing RVD mix it up with people just because it doesn't really always go well. It's just Moxley and somersaults don't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's Moxley. It is a weird clash. It's like to watch them actually fight. It would be cool looking, but for him to like have to, he'd have to give more to them than they would be giving to him. And I think it'd be a weird fucking match. No, Osprey versus RVD, I'd watch all fucking day. But like that, that other one there, I wouldn't, I don't know. That'd be a weird matchup with them. Osprey and RVD, that would be a great dream match. God, I want to see that now. But the next list I got for you is Charlie Hill. He's got Roddy Piper, Jake Roberts, Sandman, Raven, and Ric Flair. That list started off so good. (laughs) 
Like the first two were perfect. And I was like, oh shit, like I was that fantastic. I'm mad at Roddy Piper now. Like I'm real like I'm, I'm, I'm like if I had the Jake rule, Roddy Piper would be on there. <laughs> I kinda wanna that's see Moxley you... and Roberts versus Jack Daniels and Jim Bean. <laughs> that's a hell of a tag team to have to face. <laughs> That's clearly um, going to be a last man standing match. Yep, your one year chip on a pole match. <laughs> it's like it's like it's just to see if you make it through. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your one year chip is on the line tonight. Yes, live sponsor on a pole match. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be fantastic. How, I know what how, I know what they're doing with Jake Roberts. I get it, but it's just once again, I think that's more promo. It's just two guys giving up DDTs. Like, who gets the DDT first? I guess I like that. Or maybe you outlaw the DDT in the match and they have to fight without it. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, Roberts was more psychological than he was ring. You know what I mean? Like, he's so, that would be such a slow match. The problem is, is that Jake's pace was always very slow and methodical. Whereas John Moxley's pace is not slow and methodical. So it would have been very hard for the two of them. They would have contrasted a lot. Yeah, Moxley would have got frustrated with that. Yeah, now I do have another list coming from you. This is from Mr. Le- Tara. Apparently, Joe will be right back with us. He is having technical difficulties. I think that Vince McMahon may have actually pulled his cord, but we're not allowed to talk about it because we signed an agreement not to. Let's see here. We've got Anthony Laterra. He's got Ric Flair, Randy Savage. He's got DDP, which is the first time I remember DDP's name coming up today. He's got The Rock, and then he brought back Rowdy Piper again. Once again, I'm a fan of Rowdy Piper. What do you think of DDP in this conversation, Pat? Are we getting DDP height of him versus Macho Man and you know NWO battle? Because that's the only one I can see fighting. The weird WWE one, no. The one where he was the Vegas guy, no. But that one there, I, I get what he's doing. Two guys walking through the audience. I mean, it's kind. Of, they're similar characters, so that's kind of it. I don't really like similar styles fighting each other, but they both have that same kind of I fight more than I wrestle thing, and it would feel like a real fight yeah that one solid year that he had when he fought the macho man that was fantastic and i agree with you i don't need to see stalker ddp and i certainly don't need to see the diamond dolls as his ringside uh attendance there my next list is actually coming from mike flynn he's got rowdy piper Brian Pillman, who's come up a couple times now. I've always been a fan of Brian Pillman. I like him when he was absolutely out of his gourd with his ECW and then coming to WWE. We've got Steve Austin, who I don't think has come up enough, to be honest with you. At least three times now, because I know I said that and I've heard him twice. So that's that's more than I always thought. That's a good amount. But I like Steve Austin throughout his career, not just his WWE, because a lot of his WWE, he was injured. So you didn't see his true ability. But if he had his uh, ability that he had early in his career during that time as Stone Cold, that would have been awesome terry funk again and then this is one that i like raven i think raven is underrated no they also that story whatever it would be would be dark and good like raven moxley's your good guy but like your stone type like good guy in that but raven is your bad guy antagonist in that tell me you couldn't see raven doing the cross thing with moxley and just pouring jack daniels over him after he's come back from rehab that that would be a hell of a storyline i could see moxley just going nah nah crucify me for real you can get me down it's fine All right, well, I'll bring you mine next. I've got Atsushi Onita, and I'm thinking more in his prime, not Onita now. I've got Tracy Smothers, obviously in his prime, not now. Terry Funk, Mitsuharu Misawa, and Bret Hart. 
Good list. I like the fact that similar to Pat, he brought up Bret Hart. Bret Hart's one of those people who matches up with everybody. Whether you are genuinely a Bret Hart fan or if you're not, you still know Bret Hart's that good of a wrestler that he matches well with any style. Well, and you're going to bring your A game because you don't want to be the guy who had a bad match with Bret Hart. Like, because that's not a guy. Like, they're really, he made every, like, the Patriot looked good. Like, like he can do anything. You know what I mean? Like, he really can't make you believe it. And Moxley's already great, but that ego thing would be great to watch. No. I want Bret Hart, bad guy, me and my Canadian family against Moxley. Like, that's the kind of thing. Well, they can almost be like, the only thing good about you is your Canadian wife. And, like, that hate that could be there, that would be great. That time period of Bret Hart when he was the Canadian hero against the U.S. is actually my favorite time of Bret Hart. I Same love here. him as that heel, just attacking, antagonistic. And like you said, he even made the Patriot look good. You're talking about a guy who didn't even look good wearing red, white, and blue for Christ's sakes. It was just atrocious. The guy who couldn't make her angles sound cool. <laughs> Exactly. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> also, Pat, you share a special distinction with the Patriot of being a former guest on the Working Fans podcast. We had him on here shortly before he died. I like that you made sure to say before he died. No shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I it, was actually Dave, <laughs> it was actually man called Dave with a crystal ball. Yeah, it was the one time we played around with the Ouija board on here. It didn't nice. work out well. My new stage name is Pat Riot. So it's just Patriot. <laughs> that's my new. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. AJ, you didn't get fan of the show Randy Osga yet, did you? I don't have his list. Good, because I got Randy Osga's list. He's got Eddie Guerrero, Roddy Piper, Cactus Jack, Terry Funk, Steve Austin. And then let's see which wins out now. AJ's beliefs or his ego? Because the Jake rule Randy has versus AJ Strange Brew in a Hell in a Cell. Okay, first of all, this is going to be easy because my ego will always win out over my beliefs. So that would be a hell of a match. And God damn it, let's get it booked. Oh, man. Yeah, now. I, I, want a, I want a cow rope match. I want that instead of the cage. I want you guys to have to go to all four corners. Absolutely. Oh, that's a better one. I do have a little size on him. I'm about 290, and he weighs in at about 220. I think his car. So we're going to see okay. AJ's wedding being dragged <laughs> to these corners. But you know what I like? I'm shocked no one said it. Eddie Guerrero is fucking a tremendous match. Like that, I want. I don't. I want the best Eddie though. I want early before WWE Eddie. I don't want Dominic my son Eddie. You know that was good. I want that raw. I'll do any move. I'll sell anything. Match against Mox. The two of them would put on a fucking show. The second Sad thing about Eddie Guerrero is that there's a whole jet. Well, that that's that, that's not even going to be the sad part for me. The sad part is the WWE. Eddie Guerrero is what most people that are WWF fans actually remember as his prime, and they don't realize how good he was before that, and how great of a wrestler he actually is. He's in that Bret Hart category of making everybody look good. A lot, All right. a lot of dead people are him, Owen Hart. If you're dead, you were good at selling. So good that you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got you popped me on that one. That was Thank good. You. We got Zach St. John. I've got Mrs. St. John's favorite baby boy. And he's got Stan Hansen, which is always a fun match. And then you've got Bruiser Brody, Ric Flair, but it would have had to been Ric Flair from the late 80s. He was very specific about this. He wants to see the guy who fought Terry Funk, not the guy who fought old age. And then we've got Terry Funk, of course. And then Stan Hansen again. So apparently he really wanted to see Stan Hansen. I get 
the Stan Hansen thing, and I'm happy that nobody has had JBL. Because I thought that might come up, but I fucking can't stand JBL. But when people think of Stan Hansen, but they're younger, they think JBL because because he stole his whole style. So, like, I was I always thought there'd be a JBL Moxley thing on here, and I'm kind of happy there isn't. No, I want to see the guy who knocked Vader's eyeball out in Japan. I don't want to yes. see his ripoff. Yeah, I don't want to see his TJ Maxx version. Like, no thanks. <laughs> Definitely. Now, I'll bring you my last two lists here. I got one from our friend Scott. He's got Terry Funk, Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody, Cactus Jack, and another one for Sushi Onita. And the last list I got is from Christopher Todd Gross from the Mothership Facebook group. And this is another list that enhances how a lot of people in that group felt about Moxley. Luthez, and then in parentheses, it says, you are Jonathan Good and you are no wrestler. Two is Gypsy Joe. Three is Haku in a shoot. Four is the original Dutch Mantel. And five is Pissed Off Manny Fernandez. Wait a minute, was there a second Dutch Mantel? <laughs> yeah, the second Dutch Mantel is the current Dutch Mantel. The first one was, I want to say, in like maybe the 50s or so. Really? Yeah, you I- would I'll only tell you be what. aware of him if you heard Cornette talk about him. I wasn't Yeah, I was going to say, you don't that. get me on a lot of history often, but you got me on this one. I just think that's the same Dutch Mantel. He's that old. He yeah. just That's why his, that's why his <laughs> beard is so long. He's been growing it since the 1950s and just coloring it. <laughs> but Manny Fernandez, I like. I wouldn't have yeah. thought of that. I kind of like that matchup a lot. He doesn't get brought up enough how good he was. No, not nearly enough. We saw him at Pistol Pete's in Norwich, and I still think he could go with Moxley in the ring. Now, AJ, can you give us your list, and we'll get to the top three from there? Absolutely. I have a guy who almost made my list who hasn't come up yet, and I'm surprised Chainsaw Charlie hasn't showed up anywhere. However, I am going to go with Madman Pongo. I think that Madman Pongo would have been a fun match. I also think that the original Chainsaw, the guy who was Corporal Kirshner, he ended up wrestling as Leatherface over in Japan. I think that would have been a hell of a match back in the day. I actually like the new Jack idea. I don't think they'd get along in the back, but I think once they came through the curtain, that it could have been all balls to the wall. I actually, Pat stole my thunder a little bit earlier because I have Taz. I think Taz would have been absolutely so fantastic. And then I also have Sabu. I think all of those guys would have been fantastic with him. Not a great list, but no, you're right. New Jack and him would work out fine. I just don't, when I think of New Jack, I think of the music playing the whole time and that would piss Moxley off. Yeah. I don't think that that would have fl- flown with him. I just think the two of them would have had good chemistry once they started beating the shit out of each other. And Madman Pongo's a for- kind of a forgotten guy, but if you haven't checked out Madman Pongo at all, you'll see what his style is like if you just put him in your Google machine. What made the top three? So our top three, we've got Terry Funk. He came in with seven of them. Cactus Jack Mick Foley, I put his one thing. Yeah. He came in with five. And then, believe it or not, Piper and Brody ended up tying with five each. Wow. So, so obviously between Piper and Brody, we're going to say Piper should be the one to make the top three because Brody would be good. But like Pat said, when you got that lead up and you got two really good talkers, that could be something else. I like that Pat was about to question you. And then you said, like, question it. <laughs> I was, but then I was like, I much love the Piper thing and sold it. I don't know. I just, Brody and him would just be so good. Yeah. My thing is, I just think that him and Brody would have taken it all over the building it would have been absolutely incredible oh, so i actually I didn't even I, think about that and the thing is you gotta remember brody had more restraints on him back then imagine the freedom that brody would have had now if he was wrestling moxley to go all over the place as much as him and piper would be great for the whole build and story the actual match 
might not be that great. You know what I mean? The Brody match with Moxley but it would be great. Okay, we have so a tendency. We'll put Brody in with Piper and Funk then. Yeah, we have a or tendency Funk with Piper. Jack. I think we romanticize a little bit of Piper's ability because of how good he was on the mic. I think that, and I'm not knocking him, he had good matches, but if you think about his great matches, they were with guys who had great matches with everybody. When you think about his stinker matches, he never really lifted people up to that next level by his own wrestling. Now, if they both can drive in a Bronco throughout Hollywood, then it's a great match. You know what I mean? So, so, no, so if, I believe Bro- if it's Brody, Funk, and Bro- right now, Foley, who do we give the winner to between Cactus Jack? For me, I'm going Funk. Together, yeah, being able to actually just two call? maniacs, two maniacs just going at it. I'm a Funk guy. As much as I love Cactus, Terry Funk to me is one of the all-time greats, and I don't see that it possible for them to have a bad match. Yeah, I'm not... When I say this, I'm not shitting on Mick Foley. Yeah, I'm going to say stylistically. I think Moxley and Funk would be the easiest stylistic matchup. Brody and Moxley would just be a beating. And then between Moxley and Cactus, you'd just be scared for both of them the whole time. So I got to go with Funk. Pat, who do you got? Oh, same here. Like, as much as I love Mick Foley, and I think he's one of the most incredible wrestlers of all time. He doesn't get, even as high as he gets up, he doesn't get enough credit for everything he put his body through. He is just a student of Terry Funk. So if I want to watch that match, why wouldn't I just want to watch Terry Funk do it instead of the guy who learned from Terry Funk? And so that match would be just, he'd put on a clinic. He, he would, those two would do things that you can think of that would make you go, holy shit. Like, Funk would be so creative with what he'd be allowed to do, and Moxley would just roll with that. It would just, they would do shit you'd never see. And the thing is, we forget how good Terry Funk was for so long. He absolutely, some people wrestle into their 50s, and you're like, my God, this person needs to stop. Terry Funk started doing moonsaults when he hit 50. That's absolutely insane. Oh, yeah, that didn't change. It's, it, he really is, it, it'll never be brought up this way because he didn't have the glamour or flash or whatever, but it's like what Jericho's doing, where it's like you just keep reinventing yourself, but also keep in the same frame. It's always Jericho, but it's different versions of it. Terry Funk, back to wherever you put him, whatever territory he was in, he could still be Terry Funk, but still match up with what the people wanted. And the other thing I always love about Terry Funk, and I got to give him credit for, is he could have stayed in major federations his whole career. He took the time to go to ECW and really help build that brand. He gave his time, he gave his body, and he gave his soul to those young wrestlers and really gave them a chance to prove what they could do. And without Terry Funk in the beginning, I'm not sure we get the ECW that we we ended up getting yeah and imagine if those checks cleared you would stayed longer <laughs> well you got to feed your horse yes don't how Definitely. dare you dory a horse how dare you <laughs> speaking of dory he just came out with a book recently that i am interested to read his book is more interesting than any match he's ever had yes i was gonna say you beat me to the punch <laughs> like i'm just excited that dory could write and read <laughs> john moxley Terry Funk wins our 5-3-1 on John Moxley. Since Pat hasn't been here for the rest of the PWI readers poll, I'm going to hit him off with a couple questions and see what his answers would be. And then we will give him what the readers of PWI said. So, Pat, who is pound for pound the best wrestler in the world right now? Right now, Seth Rollins. That's how I feel. Okay, well, Rollins is the best wrestler in the world. PWI said AJ Styles got 11%. Kazuchika Okada got 9%. Brian Danielson got 8%. And others got 72%. Others being CM Punk, John Moxley, and Sasha Banks. So if that CM gives Punk you any right kind now? of idea, that's what they said. Like, 
we have we've had a lot of problems with this poll, not just the way the numbers break down, but some of these answers are just now, kind what of makes out us there. even what makes us even worse, Pat, is you gotta remember this poll was actually taken months ago. So okay. Punk wasn't even it wasn't even where he's at now. He was oh. literally just coming back. Absolutely atrocious. Say, As, Sasha uh, fans- Banks hasn't wrestled in six months. <laughs> How is she out of the list? She's been out of the company for four. She walked away. Even when she was with the company during that time period, she was wrestling very limited. She was doing the tag team. And before that, she was on break even before she even came back as the tag team. Uh, yeah, that's the people they name. The top three aren't, there's nothing wrong with any of them. Don't get me wrong. They're all fantastic. But it's just like, games are just too easy. We can just always say that, but it's just work rate, whatever. But like, he's going to be great. But like, yeah, that's very, just, there's a lot of people left off that. But like, I don't know. I think Ray Rollins can do anything with anyone. Now, who would you say is pro wrestling's greatest baby face at the moment? There really is no fucking baby face. I mean, there's no true ones at all. To be honest, he's hurt, but it was Cody. Cody was yeah, Cody when he, Rhodes. He came to WWE, so that's why I would. That's what I would say because there really isn't. Well, it's like either building. I mean, I guess Hangman. I mean, everyone loves Hangman. And you root for him, but. Like, it's still not really a baby face, but it's it's kind of, you know, but it's something you root for. Yeah, the alcoholic cowboy who goes home and probably beats his wife is the <laughs> number two baby face, and it's fantastic. Yeah, how is it that we like Hangman when he <laughs> drinks, but we prefer when John Moxley doesn't? I feel like one you would, like, prefer behind the seat of a car, and the other you have to, like, actively take his keys away. Well, one was storyline, and one's like, oh, shit, he wasn't just acting? So that's the difference. You know what I mean? Like, Moxley, we're like, we all kind of guessed there was something wrong behind the scenes, but hey, man we don't really believe that he's just walking around with cups of booze just instant all the time with the box and you know just like drinking non-stop first of all what kind of a show is tony khan running if this guy's able to just walk around with whiskey before his matches and chug it before every night before the show well let's not even talk about tony khan and how women are being bullied in the back and hiding in bathrooms your heavyweight champion scared her life from a dentist <laughs> the, the fuck is happening <laughs> The readers of PWI voted 25% for Cody Rhodes, 15% for CM Punk, 7% for John Cena, 7% for Adam Page, and others got 46%. Others being Bianca Belair, Drew McIntyre, and of course, Mayu Iwatani. It's great that John Cena is still getting one of the top <laughs> spots for Babyface when he doesn't actually wrestle anymore. That's fantastic. He's not even a face on Peacemaker. Like, he's, like <laughs> That's the latest thing he's done. How is he on the... Like, I could name the greatest of all time, Hogan, but it's not, he's not on the list. It's like... Who's the best Babyface? Bruno San yeah. Martino. Yeah. <laughs> Pedro Morales. That's what I'm going with. He, it. it's like, <laughs> he, he's he's over. He's over at MG at uh, MSG. I guess you know should have been on that list. Drew McIntyre is doing a good job at that, and they're building it. But like, it's still you can't really like someone Scottish. It's actually one of the top rules. <laughs> yes, it's the Scottish Jake rule. You, you can like you can like someone who's not really Scottish, like Rowdy Piper, but you can't like yeah. a true Scotsman. You can't have stolen Scottish valor. You know what I mean? Like that's the problem. <laughs> we got one last question for you because this was an interesting one we did last week because we went over how much we watch wrestling but on a weekly basis how much pro wrestling do you typically watch it's hard to watch it live because i'm doing comedy open mics and shit so i watch so much what culture that kind of counts you know what i mean like everything is simon miller up and down when i have to catch up on shit but yeah i, I also watch 
everything on the WWE Network constantly. So I'm watching some kind of wrestling at least 20 hours a week. Like literally, it's like, I, I'm currently binge watching. For, I started from Raw in 93 and I'm watching every Raw, every SmackDown, every pay-per-view. And I'm at 2005 right now. So wow. that's what I binge watch. So it's like that so is fantastic. I, I watch a lot of it, but like it's wow. fun to now watch. It's fun to watch the progression of Raw from those years. Yes. Well, and also right now I'm in a oh, yeah. something sad because in when I'm watching in three months, Guerrero dies. Yes. A year later, Kurt Angle leaves. A year after that, Ben Wally's. And that's my three favorite fucking people at that time. Yeah, the worst part was when I was watching that time period and my wife came in. She's like, you know he's going to die, right? I was like, no spoilers! <laughs> well, <laughs> but, well, how does his kid turn out? <laughs> <laughs> the readers of PWI said four to six hours was 28%. Seven to ten hours was 24%. One to three hours, 16%. More than 15 hours, 18%. And other was fourteen. I mean, four hours is raw in one rampage. Like, so you're barely watching wrestling. Yeah, at that point, I'm not even sure you're actually a fan. And yeah, actually, or you watch a pay per view. Yes. Yeah, like that's really it. Actually, this is the question I want to end on because I just love this question. In general, do you think there's too much televised wrestling to keep up with? In a given week, I don't think there's too much to keep up with, but I think there's too much. I think yeah. that it is, it's what happens is everybody's so overexposed. It's overexposed. Like I, I don't. I can see every match a million times. I, I can learn too much about that. No matter what, even when that with Triple H doing what he's doing, it's not appointment television because they're all tweeting. They're all putting it's everywhere, not just TV. It's just too much to see. I kind of like I could see them and had to wait seven days. I mean, yes, it doesn't hurt to have a second show, but even with Raw and SmackDown blending in together, that's too much. I kind of like it separate. I'm one of the few people, but I like two separate programs where they weren't. Fun fighting each other so it was special when they did or somebody came over rampage is just garbage right now so it's just like it's become the thunder of what and it was good at the beginning but it's all become it's just too much like i love to go watch tna but i'm just burned out so i don't even go watch that like there's like, ring of honor is showing up once every four weeks whenever jay lethal feels like hanging out with his friends on fucking aw so watch that there's so much but they're not giving me enough what i liked about rampage when it first came out and i agree with you where it's gone now is that they would literally just have three matches and that was what they focused on in that one hour now they're trying to fit 15 things into one hour and you're not getting anything yeah rampage yeah, was great when it was two matches mark henry awkwardly trying to talk to people in their <laughs> match like he's like what do you think about fighting like, oh, thanks mark for that hard question <laughs> hard to believe he didn't go further with his promos in wrestling john cena i will not retire i fight you okay we got it you fooled us <laughs> The readers of this poll said, no, I can't get enough 58%, which y'all are maniacs. Like, can't get enough? I have to pick and choose because there's more than enough. Yes, I'm overwhelmed, got 37%. And not interested, got 5%. I don't know why you're filling out a poll for a wrestling yes. magazine. <laughs> you're not interested in wrestling tv like that's like how insane the responses are to this they get all they need from the magazine they don't actually watch anything it's just what they read and that's it we got 38 percent in our are you a nazi poll said no it's like why are you filling this out like, you're, like how did you find this link <laughs> it's insane why would you even be in there it's insane. by the way that 50 percent makes sense because most fan wrestling aren't us who just love it because we love it and we'll critique it but we believe what they're doing they're watching it to hate it people so they have a community of people that 
Let's shit on this thing. So yeah, it's not enough because they need more likes on tweets. They're not really watching it. Sense. They're just like, I want to hate every match. I'm mad that CM Punk lost in two minutes. And I'm mad now we got a rematch. But I'm also mad it wasn't 12 minutes. What are you doing? Don't write shit. You're boring. Let them do it. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a whole faction out there who literally watch wrestling just to shit on it. Where they forget that some of us actually watch it because we still genuinely love professional wrestling. I know I'm not happy with every TV show decision that happens, but I still watch the show because I didn't write it, and I'd like to see what the thought went. If I don't like it, the great thing about wrestling is it never fucking ends. So, okay, if I don't like that one story, another one's coming. Although, at some point, I'm going to put this out there in the universe, we're just going to put together our own wrestling promotion, and we'll write it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we'll, tell, we'll write it and write the trips real tight and not let them talk their own minds. <laughs> Exactly. Nobody's going to get oh, to talk through a mind. You and I would be evil. The best part is we're going to do a show afterwards, and all we're going to do is shit on our own show. <laughs> That's the show. So every time someone comes out, we come out after and shit on what we just did. <laughs> Why would we do that? I don't know what these guys were thinking. That is a great idea. It's now, the WWE, Pat. the Why Wrestling Entertainment. That we are. Why? Awesome idea. Now, Pat, thank you for joining us today. Is there anything you would like to promote before we let you go here? What, what do you guys got going on? I got a bunch of shows. Just follow me on social. You'll see where all I'm going to be performing and stuff like that. But if you go over to my uh, you know, the POS podcast YouTube channel, I put up all my podcast shows on there and some of the stand-up comedy as well. Thank you guys for promoting the book. If you're somebody looking to try to do stand-up comedy or like going through the fights of like trying to become a comic and get paid and stuff, I have a comedy help book called How Not to Comedy. You can find it. Let me tell you something, fans. If you have not had a chance <laughs> to go out there and see Pat Oates do comedy, <laughs> you really need to check it out. He's genuinely one of the funniest people you will see the one thing I do recommend is make sure you give him a big hug right after. He loves that. He'll be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> if that tell him, happens, tell him I'll be on this list for five people you want to see Pat. <laughs> well, guys, I think guys, that'll do it for this thank week. You. I'm a huge fan of the show, as you guys know. By the way, I'm sorry. I'm a huge fan of this show, and I, want, I think you guys know that. And I just love what you guys do. Just keep doing it. Excellent. Thank you very much for that compliment, and we hope to have you on again soon. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 